0: Welcome to God Knows Where, I'm Brett Harris. I want to just jump right in today and introduce what's ahead at God Knows Where for the next little while. It's grown out of our discussion of Sabbath over the past few weeks and also the wounds that so many of us have from the church that we're trying to recover from. As much as we need rest, I think what we're looking for more so is healing. And at least for me, talking about healing begins with a story from Acts. There's this amazing thing that happens in the third chapter of the book of Acts. I'm not sure how long it had been since they saw Jesus die on the cross and then come back from the dead, but it hadn't been long at this point for Peter and John and the other disciples. They're still figuring out how to fulfill Jesus' ministry in his absence. And Peter and John are walking into the temple to pray one day in this story from Acts when they see a man who's unable to walk, and he's being carried up near the entrance by some other folks. People carried him there to that place at the entrance of the temple regularly so he could beg for money. Now I don't know if Peter and John had walked by him before or if this was the first time they were seeing him, but... They don't do what I imagine you or I would do in this situation. First of all, they don't walk past him. They stop and talk with him when I know that I would likely walk right past this guy and turn my head so we wouldn't make eye contact. And then the other thing they do is they they don't give him money, which I'm sure he would have loved for them to do and which we would have felt inclined to do had we walked past him there at that gate as well. But Peter does something better. He heals him. He restores this man's legs, legs he was born with that have never taken him anywhere, never allowed him to walk, only forced him into this difficult life. And he can't help but jump and run into the temple once his legs work. But he doesn't go into the temple alone. Peter and John go into the temple with him. They go into the temple to offer their prayers, to gather with others in worship, together with this man they've just healed. I mean, it might be one of the most beautiful stories that we've had passed down to us. What's most beautiful is not simply how they approached and interacted with and helped this man, it's that it's more or less exactly what Peter and John and the other disciples saw Jesus do not long after he'd called them to follow him and leave their boats and fishing nets behind. If you don't believe me, go read the fifth chapter of Luke and then read this story from the third chapter of Acts and see for yourselves how closely connected these two stories are. These guys, Peter and John and the others, they chose to follow Jesus as he taught and healed and offered the world a new orientation toward love. And one of the first things they saw him do was heal a man who couldn't walk. And then later they persevered in following Jesus' teachings and love after he died and was resurrected. And one of the first things they did in Jesus' absence was heal another man who couldn't walk. They did exactly what they'd seen Jesus do. I've been thinking a lot about this lately. I thought a lot about it as a pastor, preparing sermons and Bible studies and shaping missions budgets and outreach programs in hopes that we in the church would take seriously enough what Jesus did to do it too. But honestly, I probably think about this story and this idea and the way that Peter and John go about things even more now because I hear so much from so many folks about how much pain they've seen and heard and endured in a space that's supposed to be filled with and shaped by people committing to doing what Jesus did, the church. Now, I've talked on... God knows where before about the things that I've seen the church get hung up on that have nothing to do with anything Jesus ever said. And I've talked about stories we avoid reading because they're hard to hear. And I just talked about how important it is for us to rest and take Sabbath. But I haven't talked much at all about what Jesus did, the example he set. And that feels important to look at because probably more than anything else we're told Jesus did He healed people. And overwhelmingly, he healed people whose pain had only been made worse by folks who interpreted our tradition's teachings differently. Behind almost every story of healing in the Gospels is some form of the same pain so many folks feel today. Pain that keeps them from finding the community they need within the spaces and places we call church pain that can cause them to lash out or pull back, to embrace shame and evoke fear. You may have heard it called church hurt. You may have experienced church hurt, felt it. You might be going through it right now. And I think it stems from the disconnect between what we say and what we do, what we hear Jesus say and see him do in our own struggles to follow his example in our lives. I heard Cole Arthur Riley quote James Baldwin recently saying, "I can't believe what you say because I see what you do." And I think that perfectly sums up how so many of us have been hurt in the church. Cuz we say a lot in the church. We say a lot about the church, about faith and hope and love, but do I, do we do what we see Jesus doing. And sadly, I think all the statistics about who is leaving the church and not coming back and how many pastors have heard a divine calling and who would now rather do anything else but shepherd God's people and how much our faith and our politics are becoming indistinguishable from another, I think all of this gives a pretty compelling answer that no, we don't do what we see Jesus doing, or at least they give reason to believe that we don't think we need to do what Jesus did. But that's exactly what the first folks who followed him did. They found themselves in similar circumstances, maybe even the exact same circumstances as Jesus, and they knew they had to do what he did. They had to bring healing into the lives of those around them. I think that we're all clamoring for healing. We're all in search of healing for the wounds that we have and the wounds that we've carried and the burdens we've carried for so long because, at least for those of us in the church, we haven't taken a page out of Peter and John's book and done what Jesus did. We've got 26 examples that show up in 48 different places of Jesus healing folks from the pain that life and their neighbors had caused them. And we struggle to figure out how to apply it like Peter and John in our own lives. We've taken what Jesus offers and chosen too often to keep it for ourselves. Or worse, we've taken what Jesus has offered us, taught us, guided us toward, and we've used that freedom to hurt others. Instead of heal them. So let's take some time together. To look at these stories of healing. We won't look at them all in depth. But they break out into about a dozen different categories. So we'll look at them that way. We'll look at how Jesus brought healing to folks like you and me. So we can figure out how we can. Like Peter and John. Do more of what Jesus did. And bring healing into this world that so many of us are hoping to find. I hope you'll join me. Healing is the latest series from God Knows Where. You can find it and all the other series from God Knows Where on your favorite podcast platform or online at www.godknowswherepod.com. God Knows Where is written, produced, and edited by me, Brett Harris, with music by Thomas Steinwinder and Michael Trest, and unwavering support from my wife, Elizabeth. If you like what you hear, I'd encourage you to share God Knows Where with your friends and family, and give us a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. It'll mean the world to me, and it'll help more people find God Knows Where. Thanks in advance for your help and for being here and for listening. Until next time, take these words from William Sloan Coffin with you. May God give you the grace never to sell yourself short. Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to remember that the world is too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. So may God take your minds and think through them, and your eyes and see through them, and your hearts and set them on fire.